0: I'm Mike Wilkerson, producer of the Free Field Training Podcast, and you're listening to another terrifying episode of Two Guys Talking Horror via the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network.
1: Have you ever had the feeling of being watched, hidden eyes following you, a cold chill crawling up your spine, the hairs on the back of your neck standing straight up? Do you know what that is? It's fear. It's fear. Fear is the most basic human emotion, tied into our instinct to survive. Fear gives us the means to overcome great odds cripple us with paralyzing dread, Dread. but fear can also entertain. (laughs) Turn off all the lights, lock your closet door, and ignore the sounds from beneath your bed. It's time for Two Guys Talking Horror. There's something frightening about trends. One day, it's just a random blip on your social media newsfeed. The next day, everyone is dumping buckets of ice water on themselves while trying on flesh-colored leggings and chewing on packets of laundry soap. Once a trend gets going, it's almost impossible to stop. Much like a horde of flesh crave zombies. Since 2004, with the release of the film, Shaun of the Dead, the zombie trend has been growing. No longer are the living dead just for horror fans. These rotting corpses are on your television, in your reading material, and eating your neighbors. And just like asking a person if they know who Scooby-Doo or Mickey Mouse are, the average person can not only tell you what a zombie is, but give you their, mostly horrible, impression of how one walks. As the mob of flesh eaters bang endlessly on your doors, Two Guys Talking Horror is here to help navigate you through the good, the bad, and the rotting when it comes to zombies in pop culture. Greetings boys and ghouls, this is your host, Nicholas J. Hearn, back with you again. Today, I'd like to introduce a special guest, new to the show, Sean Murphy, also known as Smurfy Murphy... He's above. got a lot of different nicknames. Sean and I are old friends. Uh, he's uh, one of my geek buddies. Sean is also new to the uh, the podcasting world. Not only am I using him here to talk about everything that is zombies, but he actually has a podcast that's getting ready to launch it's called uh, what, what, what whats what's called My big fat polist. My big fat pullest and what's Correct. that uh, podcast about
2: comic books comic just Characters. comic books. Comics. I love comics. All, ca- comics all the way around.
1: You don't do that alone. You uh, you have a couple of not. buddies who help I'm, you with that? Total of three of
2: us. There's three of you. Mm-hmm. Three Musketeers. So there's you. Mr. X. There's a Mr. Ooh. Mr. He sounds terribly mysterious. He, he knows everything about X-Men. He's the X-Men encyclopedia. I like this guy already. And uh, Pistol. Pistol. Pistol Danger. Mm-hmm.
1: Pist- oh, Pistol Danger. That yeah. sounds
2: like a wrestling name. It's a little salty, but yes. A salty pistol. <laughs> salty so salt so pistol.
1: I, I take it you don't just talk about comic books. I What else do you talk
2: about? We talk about comic, comic characters, comic storylines, best, worst, everything, you name it. So
1: things that are related to comic books, too, in pop
2: culture, I I would assume. Agreed, right. Like movies, TV shows. Right, like if you're watching Infinity War's coming out and everyone's like, who's Thanos? We'll help cover that. Oh well, Deadpool too. Cable's on it. Who's Cable? We'll Who it. is Cable? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I right. I cut I cut the cable a long time ago. A lot of us have. You got to cut that cord. Well,
1: I know a lot of horror fans are into comic books. There's a lot of actual horror comic books there out There is. So that's the, that. I, I smell a crossover maybe in the future
2: somewhere. Popular zombie one out there. There is,
1: and we might actually be talking about mm-hmm. that on this episode mm-hmm. today. So check them out. We'll uh, we'll definitely put links to my big fat poll list in the show notes for this episode of Talk About Terrifying. But first, before we get into the meat of things, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. The Code of Silence Perspective Review. Now, I know a lot of you're going like, "Whoa, Nick, what what what's going on? You're talking about a Chuck Norris movie on a horror podcast?" Yes, I am because Chuck Norris is awesome. He he transcends all. He's my, he's my hero. Yeah. I think he's a lot of people's hero. As a man who enjoys wearing a beard, he is my inspiration. One of the things here at Two Guys Talking that I'm very proud to be a part of, even though I wasn't involved in the actual recording, there's a program we have, What Cops Watch. And not only do we have the ability to get to know and understand what the average police officer enjoys entertainment-wise, we also get their perspective on movies and TV and pop culture in general. And we were lucky enough to grab not only a, a veteran cop from Chicago who lives in the area that the movie was actually shot, but then also a local police chief who's got 20-plus years on the force, and then we've got our very own Mike Wilkerson, who is the pop culture guru. His mother, actually, was an extra in the film. Hmm. So, I mean, he's, he's got an in right there. Right. And the perspective review has just dropped on the network. I encourage anybody who enjoys Chuck Norris or police officers in general to go check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes for this episode. Or you can just go to twoguystalking.com forward slash code of silence. The Return of the Jedi Perspective Review. Speaking of cops, do you know cops love Star Wars? And again, not horror, but if you don't love the original trilogy the way that me and a lot of the people that I surround myself do, what are you doing, huh? You really need to take a look and make better life decisions. So our friends over at twoguystalkingstarwars.com have been trucking along with their perspective reviews. First they did Rogue One. Then they did A New Hope. Then there was Empire Strikes Back. And now, finally, Return of the Jedi. And it's an epic podcast review. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been able to listen to bits and pieces of it. And i got to tell you, Smurfy, I absolutely love the whole concept of what does it really take to get into Jedi Ghost Heaven? And if you ever wanted to know that... Discipline. It, discipline. Uh, you mm-hmm. know more. some of our Some of the hosts would disagree because mm-hmm. there is a whole section devoted to what it takes to Jedi get into Jedi something. Ghost Heaven. Mm-hmm. So head on over to twoguystalkingstarwars.com, give it a listen, or you can click on the link that I'm going to be leaving here in the show notes. Enough with Chuck Norris and Jedis. Oh. It's time to get to the rotting flesh of this episode. I entitled it. Talk about. about terrifying. Talk about. Terrifying. You got zombies in my peanut butter. Thinking of how zombies are a part of pop culture now. I mean, mainstream they're, pop culture. They're everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It, it reminded me of those old uh, uh, Reese's commercials. You know, you got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got peanut butter mm-hmm. in, got in my chocolate. My chocolate. Right. It's almost impossible not to have a zombie reference somewhere, even when there's no zombies around.
2: No, there's always a zombie reference. <laughs> Books. Books, things you read,
1: Peter Klein's and his X heroes series. Now I wanted to start the episode off today, ironically talking about a book series that not only has zombies, but superheroes as well. I see that whole, you do a comic book podcast thing and I'm trying to facilitate helping that out. See, yeah, mm-hmm. I got your back. They flow together. They do. They like do. Wine and cheese. This series uh, I stumbled upon. Actually, a friend of mine found it it randomly in a in a in a bookstore hmm. I, when those things still existed, right? And, and bought it. It was evidently on sale. Said, "Hey, you know, I, I read this, but it was something that I thought you'd really like." Handed it. Let me borrow it. I read it. Fell in love with the concept of superheroes existing in a world. That is suffering from a zombie apocalypse. Okay. And it's the heroes protecting what little humanity remains against the horde of the undead. Now these heroes. Yes. Born,
2: born powers? Developed powers? Uh, a little bit A, a little bit B? The way
1: that the universe works, it's it's our world. Okay. And people start getting superpowers. Got you. Some, some of the superheroes are magic-based. Some, okay. some of them are science-based. Some of them are technology-based. One of the things that, that captured my attention to the series is that Peter Klein's takes your archetypes, you know, your Batman type, yeah. your Superman type, your Iron Man type, right. and, and created them for this world, and then also gave them messed up personal problems. Right. Not, so not only do you have, you know, a zombie apocalypse happening, but then, you know, you have your own little foibles that you have to deal with. Right. Everyone's inner demons. Exactly. Sometimes literally. Right. Let me give you and the audience an idea what the first book is about. Stealth. Gorgon. Regenerator. Cerberus. Zap. The Mighty Dragon. They were heroes using their superhuman abilities to make Los Angeles a better place. Then the plague of the living dead spread around the globe. Billions dead. Civilization fell and the City of Angels was left a desolate zombie wasteland. Now, a year later, the mighty dragon and his companions protect a last few thousand survivors in their film studio-turned-fortress, the Mount. Scared and traumatized by the horrors they've endured, the heroes fight the armies of ravenous ex-humans at their citadel's gates, lead teams out to scavenge for supplies, and struggle to be the symbols of strength and hope the survivors so desperately need. But the hungry ex-humans aren't the only threats the heroes face. Former allies, their powers and psyches hideously twisted, lurk in the city's ruins. And just a few miles away, another group is slowly amassing power, led by an enemy with the most terrifying ability. Of all. I'm in. Well, that's the back jacket for the first book. I'm in. Now, already, you know, I've got, I'm tingling. I'm like, okay. I got goose pimples. I've read this, I I read the book, I devoured this book. I read it three times before giving it back to my friend. He was interested enough to get the rest of the series on his Kindle. Uh, No, 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 no. I hunted these books out because I have to have them in my hand. So I can feel the pages between my fingers. I'm on the show. And, and I did. I hunted down at the time the first, I want to say, four books were out and a fifth book was was uh, upcoming. So I plowed through those and then patiently awaited for the uh, the last book that was released. The series of books in order in which they were released. The first one is called X Heroes. The second book is called X Patriots. Third book is X Communication. Fourth book is Ex-Purgatory, and the last book, not the final book, but the last book that was released is called X isle hmm. That one takes place out on the water. Hmm. The thing about Peter Klein's is that he's hes written other things, but this seems to be his most popular work. Ex-Heroes was actually his very first novel okay. that was published, and he'd reading articles uh, that, that uh, he's been interviewed in in the past... He basically like, really, you know, I'm going to write what I like. I like superheroes. I like zombies. I'm going to put them, put them together. It's been done before. But the great thing about this book is it's something that we're familiar with, but it's, it's given to us in a brand new light. Right. These heroes, very similar to the, the, the stealth character. She's a female badass who is basically Batman. Okay. She has trained her entire life to be the best at everything, wears a skin-tight suit so nobody knows who she is, and... Can take care of herself. The mighty dragon. He's basically a combination of Captain America and Superman. Hmm, okay. The moral compass of Captain America right. and the powers and abilities of Superman. Of, of Superman. And then, you know, you have Cerberus, a brilliant female engineer who has built a
2: mech suit. Oh, of course, cool. so you got a mech in there. It's a mech. You got a little bit of everybody in there. The
1: thing is, though, is that she has spent so much time inside this mech suit because it is her protection. It is her armor against the living dead. To where she actually has now developed agoraphobia. She can't
2: get out. Well, she
1: doesn't like getting I, out, but sometimes you out. actually have, have to, to get out. Right. Yeah, exactly. This, this book series, anybody, and, and I'm not going to down anybody who decides to get it on Kindle. Any way you can get these books, any way that you can imbibe these stories, I suggest, if you love superheroes, if you love zombies, and if you love pop culture references, because there are pop culture references plenty. I suggest getting Peter Klein's X-Heroes series. Television. Television.
0: Vingible TV shows.
1: Z Nation. That other zombie show on sci-fi. I know you and I know what The Walking Dead is. The Walking Dead right. is a very popular TV show on AMC. The sci-fi channel... Which has gone through a lot that's of shame. different changes since its inception. Oh yeah, and I remember when the network first came out. Me too. When, when it was just nothing but old prisoner episodes and, yep. and uh, Twilight Zone yep. uh, episodes and yep. Kolchak the Night Stalker
2: episodes, whatever they could get for cheap it, and fill or- time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what they fill it with.
1: Now, of course, Sci-Fi has grown leaps and bounds, but sadly, their quality is questionable. And I only say that because of film series such as the Sharknado franchise
2: <laughs> and some of their more independent movies.
1: Well, like, every movie that is produced by the Sci-Fi Channel, the number one rule is the monster has to be CGI. Right. So, I'm already kind of against that because I love practical effects. Now if you add practical effects with CGI, right. I can work with I, that. I can dig it. Right. But they won't even accept scripts unless the monster
2: can be nothing CGI. but CGI. So when they film it. It's a guy with like a stick with a head. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Follow it's, the follow the ball, people. It's follow bad. the ball. Right. It's a, it's right. a giant it's shark at you. It's yeah. Scary. Her.
1: So when you when you hear about Sci-Fi Channel actually doing a zombie show, it's like, right. okay, well, why are you trying to do anything? You're never going to be able to outdo right. what AMC has done. Au contraire, because if you're anything like me. I've actually gotten a little disillusioned with the the Walking Dead show on AMC. The last few seasons have not been.
2: They've been eh. Yeah, eh. they've been eh. If you could describe it in a sound, eh. When the first season of Z Nation, when it first showed up on Netflix, I'm I like, w- I was pumped. I'm not gonna lie to you. Really, you were? You I were was, excited? At first, I was like Z Nation, something different, cool. And then I saw Sci Fi did it, and I was like, oh boy, strap, <laughs> strap in, get a helmet, get a life vest. Yeah, we're going in.
1: Not me I was like, uh, I was like, "Oh boy. No, no, I was like I, I wasn't expecting wait. to like it at all, and I start watching the first episode, and I'm like, "What am I watching?" I was
2: impressed with the, with the character. Oh well, like the characters and like the actors they got, because like they were fairly kind of some well-known guys.
1: Uh, some of them are Something very well-known not. character so, actors that have popped up in, in TV shows and right. smaller movies, movies all over the place. The thing that got me, though is before the end of the first episode, I was like, wow, this is nothing like The Walking Dead. Oh, at
2: all. Right. I've
1: got to watch the next episode. Yeah. Because it was so out there. It's it's yeah. so out there, out of left field. It's nothing that you would expect from a zombie show because it doesn't take itself
2: seriously. And they're all about, we have Patron Zero. You're
0: well, like, yeah. The, well, I mean, season, season
1: one is all about... Yeah. We have the potential to be able to cure cure this.
2: Which is new and cool. I was like, okay.
1: Which you don't get a lot in in the zombie genre. And And now it's a a road movie. It's, Mm -hmm. okay, so we're all the way here on the East Coast. We've got to get this guy to the West West Coast. Coast. Right. So that we we can get him to the last surviving CDC, right Center for Disease Control, that we've got left. Right. Oh, Okay. Now, that's just the first season, though. This show has lasted four seasons, with season five officially being greenlit and airing later in 2018. Hmm. Wow. This show is so out there that, let me just say this. Any of you Game of Thrones fans out Hmm. there? This show actually had George R.R. Martin play zombie George R.R. Martin. That's awesome. When you can be so tongue-in-cheek to get one of right now's right. top top writers of fantasy. When you can get that guy to show up and get painted blue and gray.
2: You're yourself, but a zombie self.
1: Yes. I'm in. I will admit there are some ups and downs of this show. Yes. Sometimes it does get a little weird. It sometimes hokey. It sometimes. does get hokey, yes. But that's any show. Right. That is any show. For anybody who wants the... Out of the norm, if you haven't checked out Z Nation or if you dropped off somewhere in the first or second season, give it another chance, guys. It's not horrible if you take it for what it is. I sometimes like to just switch off my brain and be entertained. And that's what Z Nation does. Right. You know, if I'm watching The Walking Dead, I'm paying attention because the show makes you want to pay attention. Right. But then doesn't give you anything. No. Or at least lately, just, it hasn't been giving you anything. Right, there's no real big deal. So off, again, right. if you just want to switch off for a little while and want some zombie fun, some in-your-face, gore, wacky, wild, technicolor stuff, give Z Nation a try. <laughs> Gaming. Gaming. Board games with pieces. Last Night on Earth. The zombie survival board game. Yet another reason, Sean, why I have you on this episode, you have actually experienced the wonder that is last night on Earth. A board game, a survival zombie board game that is right out of any classic zombie. George Romero type zombie movie.
2: Now, this is the game where you get the character card, right?
1: Yeah, you, yeah. you get your character card.
2: Cheerleader, jock, right. sheriff. Every single character. Always has- the cheerleader. I am. <laughs> That,
1: awesome. is not, that
2: is not my not fault. It's not. That's Sometimes it works out for you. It does. So Every
1: character <laughs> has their own special ability. Mm-hmm. The game can be played with a small group, like two people, or a, a large group, like six or seven people. Yep. I have been known, well, because it's my game and I'm the one who reads all the rules, I guess I've I've been ipso facto dungeon master. Yeah, you're the game master.
2: Mm-hmm. But,
1: but for this game, I am known as the zombie lord. Mm-hmm. Because I control all the zombies, yep. which can be a hoot, but sometimes very daunting when you get some some uh, players that uh, just uh, don't know when to roll over and die. Never, because you know it's always it's always great when the good guys win. But uh, as the zombie lord, uh, yeah, I know who I'm rooting for.
2: I want to win too, right? You wanna I, win too. I know you
1: want to win, but but I'm the zombie lord, so right. I I really want to win. I want to make sure that I capture the essence of this game. So let me explain to the listeners, exactly what Last Night on Earth is. Last Night on Earth, the zombie game, first published in 2007, celebrating 11 years of existence, is a survival horror board game that pits small-town heroes head-to-head against a horde of zombies. A team of four heroes is chosen by one set of players, and the zombies are controlled by one or two players. Uh, I always do all of the zombie-controlling. Each hero has its own special abilities. A modular board randomly determines the layout of the town at the start of each game. And there are several different scenarios to play, which include simple survival or rescue or escape. Differing combinations of heroes, scenarios, and the board configurations offer a lot of replayability. And I I have no idea. I, I, I can't even count the number of times I've played this game.
2: And it's, it's always different. It's always different. It's always, it's
1: always different. Always, yep. A hero deck and a zombie deck deliver tactical bonuses to each side. Combat is resolved using six-sided dice modified by the weapon cards with which heroes may be equipped. I, I know my wife, when she plays, she is overjoyed when she gets the cleaver oh, right. because she is a hoss oh, yeah. when she has the cleaver because it comes with like so many different combat bonuses. Right. Right. to where she can go into a horde of zombies and clean up, Yep. which doesn't necessarily make me all that happy. <laughs> uh, many of the cards include zombie movie tropes to achieve a feel of playing out a horror movie. And to help achieve that horror movie feel, all of the art for the game is photographic, and the game comes with a CD soundtrack of original music. And the game has since put out four more expansion packs, along with smaller expansion packs for heroes and zombies. This game, you literally have every type of character archetype you could want. You've got the jock. You've got the cheerleader, as you said. You've Mm -hmm. got the high school sweetheart. You've got the sheriff. You've got the stranger. Yeah, the the loner guy. The loner guy who kind of just keeps to himself. Ah, I
2: told you, Doom is coming. He's eventually a badass. You have... Don't
1: you have, like, a nurse or a doctor? There was a, was a, a nurse. That's right. There was a priest. Everybody right. loves getting the priest right. because when you're a
2: holy character You just bless everything and they all die. Yeah,
1: evidently. Cheating. But the thing is, though, is that the zombies too are interchangeable. You have just your right. regular zombies, but then there's some scenarios where they're plague carriers. Right. And then there's some scenarios where they're like, actually like, faster. I
2: oh, don't think they've like radiation or something
1: on them, too. Yes. Radiation zombies. Yeah. yeah. And the coolest thing that they've ever released for this game is Zombies with Grave Weapons. Ooh. So not only do you have the cards that say what these weapons are, but they actually produced little miniaturettes for the game board of the zombies with these weapons. So you've got a zombie carrying around a pitchfork. Right. Makes sense. You have a zombie that is wrapped in barbed wire. Right. Okay. Makes sense. You have the zombie that just got out of uh, the bath, so he's, like, all bloated. Bloated. If he, you try he, to take him out, pop. he's going to, he yeah, will pop, pop and he's going to take you with yeah, him. Gross. And the th- great thing about this game, it was one of the reasons why I kept on watching Z Nation because Z Nation, the, the show, kind of made me feel like it was a live action last night on Earth game. That just kept on I going that, and going because they're obscure characters. So. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, oh yeah. They literally had like a group of like D and D fighter guys. Like, mm-hmm. We got the rogue, the priest, and the cheerleader. And we're gonna go kick butt,
1: right? So. And and growing up, I was never I was never a D and D player. Okay, with my friends, I played uh, the Star Wars role playing game, and same, I played the uh, right. Deadlands or De- yep. Dead Dead uh, yeah the Deadlands. It was the uh, the Western slash horror okay. role playing game. I was never big on tabletop games until this game came along. See, I did
2: play D and D. So, this game is really easy to get into if you do DD because it's like a little less thinking. Yeah. Instead of like, I got to get my abilities and characters, you already got it all. It's in the all right. It's all right there for and you. It's yeah. like, cool. You just read it and you're like, I know what I'm going to do now. And then you strategically, how am I going to play my character to help out the mm-hmm. group? It's It really is a group effort. Oh, yeah. It has to be.
1: And sometimes I wish I had a, a camera that we could just huh. record our game sessions because right. it is a hoot. If you've ever wanted to live out your zombie survival fantasies, Last Night on Earth is the game for you. I will definitely leave links in the show notes to where you can find the uh, the main games and all of the expansions as well. And speaking of Last Night on Earth and tabletop gaming, we want to know: Are you a fan of Last Night on Earth? Have you played the game? Do you know what I'm talking? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know the sheer joy it is to control a horde of zombies going after? sweet teenage flesh or fight him
2: off or fight the zombie lord Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let us know by uh, reaching out to us over at 2 click anywhere on the right hand side fill out that web form and let us know your thoughts on Last Night on Earth we're running a little long here on Talk,
0: Talk About, about Talk About Terrifying
1: we're going to uh, pay some bills and be right back
0: The one question each podcaster should be asking themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking podcast here. I've podcasted and edited for over a decade, and I know what an hour and a half podcast turns into when you get in front of the editing stack. Let me tell you, it's not an hour and a half. It's closer to probably double that time. Are you ready to hand off the time you're wasting editing your own podcast? Looking for a cost-effective solution that doesn't break the bank, but gives you super experienced quality podcasting back to you in a short period of time? Be sure to check out the Editor Core. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. The Two Guys Talking Podcast Bug, a truly original autonomous mobile recording solution. Get bit by the podcast bug. www.podcastbug.com When it comes to security and law enforcement procedures, there's no such thing as too much information. Come get your free helping of free field training from Officer Tommy Model at FreeFieldTraining.com. That's FreeFieldTraining.com.
1: Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual Advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to Perpetual Advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique, perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Welcome back to Two Guys Talking Horror. This time, talk Talk about
0: about terrifying. terrifying.
1: You've got your zombie in my peanut butter. Talking about how zombies have infested every bit of pop culture today. Comic book. Comic book. Pictures with words. The Walking Dead. Remember, it's a comic book first, then a TV show. Something that I don't think people really remember much. Anymore is that The Walking Dead was a comic book series long before it was a television show. And the comic book never has actually sucked. No. Unlike the TV show. And I, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about the TV show. But I will have to say the last few seasons have been meh.
2: Or drawn out. They have been yeah, meh.
1: Because they've been so drawn out. And I think it has to do with wanting to try to get so far away from the source material and the thing is, is I don't think that that's a good idea. I agree. I, I get why you can't adapt the comic book straight, because then there's no surprises. Totally understand that. Like, your comic readers wouldn't watch? No. Like, why would I watch it? Well, well, I mean, read it? Somebody, would, somebody would watch People it, but you would you'd but have a very right.
2: small audience. Right, you're losing half your audience.
1: And I've liked, in past seasons, how they've done things from the comic book, but would have different characters involved. Right. Or they'd surprise us and actually do something that did happen in the comic book, but make it happen way earlier or way later than it did in the comic book story lately though the show is almost unrecognizable to the comic book and i i just want to take the time to remind people this comic book created by robert kirkman back in 2003 we're talking about 15 years now Mm -hmm. this as of the recording of this episode issue 177 has come out and the book is still different. It is still evolving. This is Robert Kirkman's dream. Was you know those George A. Romero movies? How they always end, but you always want them to keep going and want to know where these characters go. Well, this is what I want to do, and that's what he did. He created a universe to where the ending credits never never roll. Right. And I've loved every well, almost every issue. So there was a some time in the early stuff where they stayed at the prison way too long in the comic book. They really kind of did. But other than that, everything else has been really stellar. One thing that I do have to mention, you, Sean, once upon a time, did work for the Comic Headquarters. Agreed. Uh, so actually, the Comic Headquarters is uh, where I met a lot of my my long-term friends. And I've never actually collected the individual issues for a very long period of time. It's always been the trade paperbacks. Right. There's something about a trade paperback that just get. It's, it's like holding a book, but there's pictures. Right. It's lovely. And another thing is, is that I got into The Walking Dead about a year after it came out, so it was impossible to get those first issues. Yeah, those first ones went for hundreds of dollars. I know. Well, issue one especially. Image Comics didn't think it was going to do very well, so they didn't produce a lot. It didn't sell well at the comic at first. People what, were like, "People don't know what the comic? hell this is, a is Who, cares? Who, cares? Who
2: cares? We would sell like seven issues for number one. That's all we really had. The store,
1: right? So. And it was that first trade when it was out collected and people
2: read it. They were like, "Oh my god, this, this is, is awesome. great! Yeah. But by then. Those first issues, gone. Well, and also, if you wanted them, a hundred, couple hundred dollars if you wanted It was wanted also because it was in black and white. And everyone's like, black and white comic, zombies, I can't tell what's going on, I don't care. And then people were like, oh, I can tell what's going on because I'm <laughs> right. an, an, like, an intellectual, so I'll pick it up and read it. This is really good writing, and the art's pretty good, too, once you get past the black and white.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I've never really I've never really had a problem with black and white, and it actually kind of serves the comic. It does. Oh, it helps. To give it that yep. B-movie feel, which I know is definitely something that Robert Kirkman wanted. Now, as the comic has evolved these last 15 years, some characters that we fall in love with, uh, yep, yep, sadly, bye-bye. R- R.I.P., right. Uh, some characters that we've hated, hey, they're still around. Wow, how? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how, how, do, how do the worst people, how do the Boys. most useless people survive in the zombie
2: apocalypse? Tell me that. Because they keep their head low. <laughs> keep, never, your head, keep your head never down? Get in trouble, right. And zombies coming, I'll hide behind the fighter will take care of them all. Well, you know, I live now. There you go. That's yep. that's kind of smart. I just have to outrun you. Yep. I don't have to outrun the zombies. Right. I just, just have to outrun you. you. Mm-hmm.
1: Smart, smart. If you if you're a fan of both the show and the comic book, great. I, I, and again, I'm not I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm poo pooing all over the TV show. I'm going to watch it once the newest season is available to binge on Netflix. I definitely will. But I've stopped watching it week to week because it doesn't grab me like that anymore. What does grab me? Is every six months when a new trade comes out and there's there's another six issues ready for me, not only am I at the comic store the day that that comes out,
2: but it's the first thing that I read and I devour it all. And
1: then, you know what I do? I go back and read the old ones over again.
2: The other thing is the show doesn't have time to develop those characters as well as the comic did. The comic really does a good job of developing well, you would think all the characters. Right. You would you think, you think the, otherwise. The show's on what? It's ninth season? Yeah, but like some of the characters go too fast and you're like, I want to know more about the character and they they survive longer in the book or the book goes more in depth about them. Yes. And you're like, character development, awesome. yeah, way better. Big I mean, fan of character
1: right. development. Everybody at two guys talking is big fans of character development. So if you haven't exposed yourself to the Walking Dead comic book, what are you waiting for? Now's the time. Go find a bookstore, find a comic book store, get online, do the shopping online, and treat yourself to the Walking Dead comic book. <laughs> Movies. 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 Movie pictures. And now it's time for a cut-the-crap movie review. Today's movie, Day of the Dead, Bloodline. Now, to remind everybody, the way that a a cut-the-crap movie review goes, we only focus on three things. The writing, the acting, and the overall production. Because when when you boil down a movie, those are the three things that really matter. Now, I do have to point out that this is actually the second remake of George A. Romero's classic Day of the Dead film, back in 1985. The first remake, which was in the early 2000s, had characters named after characters that appeared in the original movie, but other than that, had no real structure resembling the original movie. This one actually has a bunker, and that was in the original. Military and civilians working together to try to find a cure. That was in the original. Other than that... (laughs)
2: Nothing. That's
1: about as close to the original as you get. Wow. Now, here's why I'm upset. I'm just going to come right out and say I'm upset about this movie because all of the advertisement leading up to the release of this film used George A. Romero's name and the fact that this is the dark interpretation of Romero's classic vision. It's all marketing. It, 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 marketing it, it really is. It really it's all
2: marketing. You're like, I like Romero. I'll watch this. And you're like, this, this is garbage. It's not really I'm
1: that. I'm going to put a link to the trailer for this movie because the trailer is completely misleading. Okay. The trailer is cut in a way to where it makes you feel like, oh, oh okay, so this might be a more updated, grittier, bloodier version of Romero's 1985 movie. Okay. That's the whole reason why I watched it. So I guess the marketing worked because it tricked me. They made their money off of me streaming it through my Netflix account. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to take that money back.
2: (laughs) Poop all over this. And
1: I I never poop on anything. But I tell you what, wear a raincoat. (laughs) So let me just clue you in. The original movie, the plot, very simple. And this was pulled right off of IMDb. A small group of military officers and scientists dwell in an underground bunker as the world above is overrun by zombies. Okay, simple. Yeah, to the point. Mm-hmm. Here is Day of the Dead Bloodlines plot synopsis straight from IMDb. A small group of military personnel and survivalists dwell in an underground bunker as they seek to find a cure in a world overrun by zombies. Hmm. So the wording is slightly different. Right. Right. And you add that whole cure, searching for cure thing in there. But other than that, there is no difference between these two synopsises. I wish that were true about the actual films. They could not be anywhere close to each other. So, without further ado, let's get into the writing. <sighs> Sorry, uh, generic. A completely generic writing leads to an unnecessary flashback five minutes into the film. This is how our movie starts. The zombie apocalypse is starting. Okay. Then flashback. we flashback four hours to see stuff that we did not know. Okay. And then once the main credits roll and those opening credits only take 30 seconds, five years have passed. We've jumped ahead five years. We're told this through voiceover by our main female character. I'm
2: already confused. So it's like, uh, here's the movie started. You're confused. We're going back watched four years. the movie. Now we're skipping ahead five years. So technically it's one year in the future, according to math. No, no, no. No. Oh. We started in the present, oh. went back for hours, oh, it was for, four, four hours. Oh, it's four just four hours to to learn a little bit more character That's, development. Wow. Because a lot happens in four hours. Well, this guy got a burger and fries. In and a this Coke, movie, and hours four hours.
1: Well, cow. they whittled it down to about ten minutes.
2: Okay, right.
1: And then we jump ahead five years. Wow. Yes. Still searching so like, for a cure. You know like guy who you know,
2: like ate the burger? He's dead. He's dead. <laughs>
1: Great. Along with everybody else that was eating birds, <laughs> Along with his family. They're dead, too. <laughs> they're dead, too. Another problem with the writing, there's a lot of forced character exposition, and the dialogue, especially the, the medical jargon, is extremely clunky
2: question does it sound like they just went through like a medical dictionary or web md and they were like uh, yes. regurgitation sounds great and write that one down have that guy say it that sounds fancy and medical yes it's awful exactly awful. like I, did you read the definition? I, no i agree like, awful
1: well it's obvious that the writers wanted to to make this film seem like it was paying homage to the original but just because you have it take place mostly in an underground bunker <laughs> and your lead character is a female scientist it doesn't cut it the story point of the character of Max, and this is going to be a little bit of spoiler for the film, in the beginning of the movie, our, our lead character, before she gets to graduate and go to the party with everybody, she has to take this blood sample from a guy who comes in every week to give free blood samples, because guess what, they've never seen the amount of antibodies that are in this guy's blood, it's it's medically unprecedented, almost made up so so why is he just giving donations once a week why don't we have him sequestered in a lab somewhere and doing experiments can't do that man Uh, it's illegal unconstitutional (laughs) (laughs) so it turns out and guess what creepy antibodies guy stalker he has carved the name of the female character in his arm and attempts to attempts to rape her in this film you know how the rape is stopped the zombie apocalypse happens
2: and the guy gets bit. So that's the cure for, rape, for rapists. Yes, zombies. The zombie apocalypse. Zombie apocalypse cures rape. I'm already confused. It's extremely confusing. Wow. They but don't make him our hero, do they? Because this is awful. He's he's not
1: our hero, but in the original Day of the Dead film, right. there was the zombie Bub. Okay. And this zombie was actually taught not to eat people. Hmm. Dr. Logan, in, that, in the original film, taught Bub not to eat people because he believed that there was still humanity, humanity inside zombi- the zombies, which is a cool
2: concept for zombie movies. Exactly, like it. and it's this is a cool this, twist. It's yeah. one of the endearing things about like, the original. A zombie could be almost like a pet. So this one,
1: instead of instead Bad. of the humanity that's inside of a zombie, this Max character, he's bit, but because of his miraculous antibodies, he's kind of he's not dead. Oh. He's infected but he's not a zombie zombie he still he still remembers the female character whose name is Zoe Dr Zoe and still evidently wants to rape her
2: Great. Because
1: he so tracks a, her down to this bunker.
2: So now we have a rapist zombie. This is weird. This is really weird and bizarre. Uh, very.
1: it Because and, now you have the peril of a rapist zombie. Right. But once he gets into the bunker, it turns into Die Hard because now he's traveling through all of the air ducts that are big enough oh. for a human to crawl through. Somehow
2: he figured out, like, oh, here's the air duct. I'll so. it Because remember, nose. he's alive. And he's, air, he's mostly alive, which means he's partly dead. For all viewers out there, you just can't grab an air duct and open it. Normally there's screws that you have to unscrew and do to this get into true, the air duct. but you don't need to worry about that because you're,
1: you're super zombie.
2: All right, you're super zombie.
1: Yeah. The whole point of the Max character being mostly alive and they, them needing the blood for a cure, it was. It just seemed like it was a forced thing to do it seems for very the forced. story. Uh, uh, and it just allowed smart zombie to roam the bunker and and be more menacing
2: quite a question i know this is off off topic why make my rapist like that's the worst thing out there like they just want to prove this guy is just the bottom of humanity because like why not just be a crazy stalker or like a crazy but like no we gotta make him a rapist too because it's just like, to, I'm like i'm like that's like an extra I don't thing you don't need want to, add. to
1: try to defend i'm not gonna try to define i can answer your question to, to create prove peril how?
2: okay it creates peril that's what i was wondering but still i'm just like why go but, there You've
1: got a zombie apocalypse, right? It's already bad. You've already got peril, right? You're why right. add this element to it, right? Just so that you can have a stalker. I guess zombie they figured, why the else
2: would this guy really try to go after the girl? We know he's a super infatuated with her, and he's a even as a zombie, super weird. infatuated. Right. It's yeah, kind of weird. So okay. And also uh,
1: for the military personnel, where the writing is concerned, a lot of choices that the, the, those characters, the military characters, made. We're just dumb. dumb. See, I hate it. And I me too. I, I it's the military. I mean, I know there's the joke military intelligence. Ha ha ha. Yeah. They're not all muscle bound idiots. Yeah, they always
2: play like if you are an army guy and they you know, generic army guy, you are gonna have an IQ of a potato and then you right. will just shoot and you will just say half sentences like me I am good soldier. Yep. Like, sir,
1: yes, sir, follow I orders and then that's it. I have
2: many of friends who are just regular dudes, middle class guys, smart A B students through high school and college and went in the military. Yeah. So and they they can go, Hey, guess what's a zombie? I don't need to hesitate or I won't panic because 'cause we're trained not to exactly and they, they don't have that like nope this is a dumb guy who's gonna be like is that a zombie oh he's at me oh he bit me shucks oh no like, oh darn and it's like really like a little realism goes a long way exactly. and i get it you can't have like our john rambos out there john mcclain's out there like i got one pistol took out a thousand zombies because then it's like okay roll credits five minute movie i get it you gotta have that peril but don't make them all yes. dumb you can have a couple of dumb guys in there yes because there you, is you that's you real. can you know but when they're all making bad decisions that's just bad writing <sighs> right it's horrible writing
1: I don't even want to talk about the ending because the ending is drastically different than the ending to the original movie, which I don't even know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. But when you boil it down, the laziness of the writing—I—I—I I, I can't give anything to this movie. This,
2: this zero stars where writing is concerned. You can have a really horrible, like bad graphic movie, and I'll still be in all the way if it's good writing. Yeah. And you can even have if the story's compelling,
1: yeah. I can deal with and subpar even, acting. Right.
2: And like subpar graphics if you get a compelling story, like, hey man, I'm in it. I don't care if you can tell it's clay animation. I'm in. Like yeah. you know. But if you've got a crappy story,
1: I don't care if you have Academy award winning actors, it's they're garbage. not gonna make it any better. It's gonna be a garbage movie. Acting. Oh yay. <sighs> well, the film was actually shot in Bulgaria. Did I did some research after watching the film. Shot in Bulgaria. For an estimated $8 million.
2: Holy crap. And obviously... Is that Bulgarian money or our money? I, I think that's our money. Wow. It was Bulgarian money. Holy crap. And Bulgarian
1: <laughs> money, it seems a lot more. <laughs> right. And probably that's that's how they were able to spread some of the money around. They didn't spend it on the acting though. They didn't spend it on on casting this. And I'd like to know who cast this movie. They probably spent on the bunker. And they're like, "Uh-oh. <laughs> you mean the bunker set." Yeah, we used real cinder blocks. We that was need to, we need to make this look like it's in a mountain. Right. For just like 3 shots. That's all we need. So we
2: bought the mountain. Now we have no yeah, money. <laughs> yeah,
1: 8 no more million. million. Actually, the mountain only cost us 7.5. Right. No, the majority of the acting is subpar and wooden at
2: best. Any any known actors or sub-known actors? There's one. There, okay. There's
1: actually one actor that uh, I recognize. Uh, most actors seem to be reciting their lines, and you know who can blame them when right. the dialogue was so bad? <laughs> right. And whoever was in charge of the casting did not do their job. Awesome. Because none of the actors the seemed to fit the, their characters. Perfect. There are some performers who you can tell they're giving it their all.
2: But still garbage, right?
1: But you can't save a turd. You can't you <laughs> polish a turd. It's still a turd. There were some actors that were giving the, the best performances of their lives, and you could tell. But when they're surrounded by so much other bad acting, yeah. it just... It actually throws things
2: off balance. I bet you're like, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Why
1: why does he seem so angry that why he's is... not getting his
2: french fries? Why does he seem believable and nobody else? The one actor
1: that I recognized, uh an actor named uh, Jonathan Shash... Shashish? Sh- 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 Chicago? No. S-C-H-A-E-C-H. <laughs> S- Shash? A- e- C- Shish? Shh Sh- <laughs> Be yeah. very, very quiet. Just from now on. <laughs> I've seen him in a handful of things throughout the years. Okay. The very first thing I and I, I recognized him right off the bat as creepy Max. I want to rape you guy. I'm like, oh wow, twenty years ago you were in a underground cult film called The Doom Generation. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. In the late in the mid nine mid to late 90s, The Doom Generation was like the movie. Okay. That teenagers weren't supposed to watch, oh, but they were. The, the edgy also, movie. yeah, it was also it was one of the first Rose McGowan films. Oh, okay. But he was also in a really bad vampire movie in the early 2000s called The Forsaken. But most recently, he's on DC's Legends of Tomorrow as Jonah Hex. Oh, wow. And here's the thing. He's great as Jonah Hex. Right. You're actually better at being Jonah Hex than Josh Brolin was in that horrible movie. Right. See how I bring comic books back up into mm-hmm.
2: this? Eh? It's still a horrible movie, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> really, all the references, you reference that. Yeah.
1: So, So this Jonathan... <laughs>
2: He took the role of being a creepy rapist, and he ran with it. I mean. Do you remember notice known as that, though? Like, <laughs> hey, what are you? I am play creepy rapist one and two in the next two movies. Fantastic. The makeup, especially
1: after he becomes a zombie, though, that they have him in, is oh, very sad. Heath Ledger-esque to where when like he does white? something with his. No, no, it's not white. it's he's, He does something with his mouth to where it makes it look like he has this ginormous oh, grin on his face weird. all the time. Okay. Which just does not fit the yeah, you character. You don't want
2: a smiley rapey zombie. Well, what for are, this movie, you do evidently. You where do want a big this? smiley rapey zombie. Wow, no, you don't. That, you never. That's, that's on the never list. <laughs> do not use list. Well, evidently, in Bulgaria,
1: it's on the must-have list because this guy, this guy chooses scenery. <laughs> I'm talking William Shatner level of scenery chewing, <laughs> and the thing is, is that. My heart goes out to him because he is giving his best performance,
2: trying to be the best rape zombie. He is convenient. trying to
1: <laughs> he is trying to give the director exactly what the director wants. So true. This is someone's vision, but I don't. The, but this director,
2: somebody needed to take him aside and go, "Man, what the hell are you doing?" Maybe they need to take the meds away, like get off these sad pills, buddy. <laughs> Look, at realism is awful,
1: and the the over the topness, either subdued or not, depending on what actor we're focusing on, just makes this. Just makes the whole film seem off balance, so because I too am an actor, and i I can't see how hard a lot of people on this film were working, and I am probably being very generous. I'm giving half a star for acting because, boy, did they just did they just act their little hearts out in this
2: movie? two follow up questions <laughs> two yeah this just two and they <laughs> coincide one. How do you present this movie to a guy who's going to fund it? Like, hey, man, I got this idea. Rapey, happy clown, zombie. Run with it. $8 million is what I need to buy a mountain because we're going to film it in a bunker. <laughs> I need a mountain. And the guy's like, sold. <laughs> like, what? What? Maybe he was and a then, Bulgarian like, millionaire. The, the second question is, like, what? Because like, then you had, a, you, know, you had a guy go, okay, I'll agree with that. And then you have the director who's like, this is my awesome vision. Let's roll with it. Who can we get to be a rapey zombie? <laughs> like just everything no and just nope and nothing. I
1: agree there should have been a guy that said no. Right, where's the no guy? But there were none.
2: They, there they, was they, no no guy. It was all yes guys. They ran out of money on the mountain that's right. to hire the no They guy. ran
1: out of money for no guys and they all they could afford wow. was yes
2: guys. Yes men. All the yes men were like yeah, all we like the yes it. Men. Awful.
1: Overall production. You know, for the most part, the production is just average. I mean, there's there's really nothing fancy, but that's when there are no zombies running around or characters trying to act by the type of gore effects you can tell what type of film you're about to watch within the first 60 seconds it's the over the top oh a zombie bit me and now a fountain of blood is going to shoot out towards the camera so the zombie bit your major artery right and i I get you're going to have it's oh we got a pumper but it's not a gusher. It's not a,
2: a, a waterfall of blood. Again, a guy would just looked at WebMD. Oh, bite <laughs> equals gush of blood. Roll with it. Instead of like, oh, if he doesn't hit the vein buried inside your neck, you won't gush blood.
1: When it comes to the over-the-top gore effects, sometimes that works for a film. It can, right. It, if you are being tongue-in-cheek, right. especially if you're being tongue-in-cheek, it works. When you've, when you've got a film or a series of films like the Evil Dead stuff with Bruce Campbell and stuff like that, yeah. You expect over the top. That's the way the movie is. But, and again, where this is supposed to be based off of George A. Romero's original. Right, which... They never did anything out of the way gory. Okay. Some of the effects were gory. Right. But that's because somebody was being ripped apart. Realistically ripped apart by seven different hungry People zombies ripping you apart digging into your stomach blood's going to spurt right blood's going to spurt but it never shot up like like a water gun yeah it wasn't the scene from alien where you know right. kane's chest starts bursting open
2: and one shot of blood goes into the girl's face it's monty python black knight <laughs> the blood is <just, laughs> yes <laughs> yes
1: that's exactly
2: yes, what this is yes it's just really it. a flesh wound that right. is a scratch
1: <laughs> So I know what kind of movie I'm 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 in for within the first yeah. sixty seconds of this film, but anytime they do any of the serious dramatic stuff, I can't take that seriously. Not when
2: you see the bud one,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> not oh, when the
2: right. black knight's hopping on one right. foot, right? Going like, oh, now I'll, I'll bite right. your kneecaps off. Because it makes you wonder, like, did you guys not see realism? Like, did, did are you we throwing that out the window? <laughs>
1: right, right. Well, over the top, in your face splatter effects diminish the seriousness of any zombie film. Uh, the fountains of blood, unrealistic ripping apart of bodies, and the number one thing that I had a problem with this, blood splattering
2: on the camera lens. Oh, that's fun. <sighs> it's not Come on, guys. Really... There,
1: there's no easier way to take yourself out of a movie-enjoying experience right. than somebody... Tossing to, something at the actual camera to make you realize, oh, yeah, you, you're watching a movie.
2: To me, in a movie, you throw blood on the screen is like kind of a way of breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, it it, it in is my breaking opinion. the fourth wall. And yes. you're just kind of like, oh, You're reminding broken. somebody,
1: oh, there's a, a movie there's a camera there. there's, lens there's right a, there. There's a nice yeah. glass screen, you're safe. And exactly. It's like, oh. As a filmmaker, you can't show me things... Like that, and then expect me to believe your characters when they attempt to act scared or right. horrified or indignant when you won't let them go and save the girl who just right. ran outside
2: for no, no reason. reason. because the mail. So the mail got here, man. We got to get the mail. Uh, yeah, we got to get like, the what?
1: <laughs> mail finally right, came. Right. Like, oh, <laughs> I've been expecting my Sports Illustrated football phone for years. Our medical
2: results are back from in the mail instead oh. of the internet. <laughs> like, we got to go get those and read it. There is no cure. Now we're all dead. And again,
1: like I said, the budget. 8 yeah, million dollars? Right. Well,
2: again, did we spend it all on the blood and the, the mountain. fake mountain? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what we did.
1: I have to give I have to actually give zero stars uh, yeah. to production because this 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 was all over the place. It was almost as if
2: somebody with a bipolar disorder made this film. Again, well you fire all the no guys. <laughs> like, hey, you want to use a mountain? Yes. You want to use fake blood? Yes. How about we squirt it? Yes. I'm like what? Someone's got to say no. Someone tell me no. <laughs> nope.
1: Final thought, if this movie was called anything else, this would just be another crappy zombie flick in a blood-red sea of crappy zombie flicks. And some bad zombie movies are meant to be bad, and that's why they're enjoyable, that's why they're fun. It's the tongue-in-cheekness of them. (laughs) The fact that this is called Day of the Dead, and I said it earlier, when all of the advertisement... Points you to oh, a dark reimagining of the original, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the original. It's a slap in the face to fans of Romero's work, especially on that original film. No, I couldn't agree
2: more, though, because if you're going to throw Romero's name on it, have it represent Romero. When you're actively, yeah, when you're actively. Romero gave us an idea of zombies, and we did our own thing with it. Yeah, don't
1: don't even bring Romero into it. I mean, at least the first remake that happened in the early 2000s. They didn't say, hey, we're basing this off. Yeah, it's we're kind we took, of basing it off. We took it his idea and we're going to run we with it. We took his idea and we shat all over it because right. that movie actually had zombies that could crawl on walls. Oh, Spider Man. Yeah, the spider zombies. Eat. They they had the ability to crawl on walls. They puked green pus stuff at you. It's not a zombie. And ate you oh. as well. Oh, that's no, not, no, they, they, they puked on you, but they ate you too.
2: So those aren't Gross. zombies to me. That's that's like a hep dog, half spider. And,
1: and here with this film yeah sure you've got zombies but you're going about it all wrong and i know i know this is this is a generous count but it's it's one half star out of a three star rating i don't even feel like i should give it that but you know again those little actors they 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 did their best
2: Did, did they at least every movie creates rules they at least follow their own rules uh, you know what? I can't even tell you what the rules were. Oh, that's awful. Can't I mean, even you tell have, you what the if rules were. You don't define your rules. I guess they can't break none. So it's all this right, is right. this is very Yikes. true.
1: As Yikes. long as they have their mountain, that's all they need <laughs> and to and worry about. Right. So that's where we're going to ask you, folks. Have you seen Day of the Dead Bloodlines? And wh- if you have, what are your thoughts? I know for a fact, me talking about it isn't going to lead anybody to go watch the damn movie. But if you were silly enough to watch it, like I was, I'd love to hear your thoughts. On what is definitely now the absolute worst zombie film I have ever experienced. Reach out to us at twoguystalkinghorror.com. There you can find us on Twitter. Tweet me. I would love to hear what you think about Day of the Dead Bloodline. So we've got zombies. We got superheroes fighting zombies. We got zombie board games. We got really wacky zombie TV shows. We've got a great zombie comic book. We got a shitty zombie movie that just spits in the face of the godfather of all zombies, George A. Romero. Sean, I'm glad you were here to experience all of this mindless gore and violence with me. I hope that you'll come back. It's been fun, I will. Good, good. I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself. I want everybody to uh, check out all the show notes for this episode. A lot of great content we've gone through today. And because it's horror, there's always something more to talk about. So, until next time, folks, I am your host, Nicholas J. Hearn. I'm Smurfy, And remember, don't be afraid of the dark. Be afraid of what's in the dark. Congratulations. You've survived this episode of Two Guys Talking Horror. We hope you were entertained and informed by our program. Take what you have learned and pass it on to your family and friends. It may just save their lives someday. Have questions? Comments? Suggestions for a future episode? Visit our website at twoguystalkinghorror.com Click anywhere on the right-hand side and fill out our short web form. It's the easiest way to interact with the hosts. Beware of monsters, creatures, and all things that go bump in the night. And keep telling yourself, it's only a podcast. It's It's only a podcast. podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast.
2: It's
0: only a podcast. It's only a a podcast. podcast. So. From this moment on, Jump be yourself. In. Sweet, How about
2: that? You sure you want that? Okay.
0: The part is he's also the editor of this program. Right. So yeah, exactly. I can edit you out if I want to. Smurfy's <laughs> no My longer God, right there. Sean, you're awesome. Uh, Except that you're not, you're
2: not, you're not in all, the episode anymore. You say hello and goodbye. Wow, weird. <laughs> now, I
1: wanted to start the episode sorry, off. Did, did,
0: you, mean, you, did you levy like, what you're going to be talking about next? To levy? Yeah, so... Okay, so we're done with housekeeping and now we're going to I did. Okay. That's that's what happened right before the Okay. The, suggesting... the,
1: you were you were tuned off for a second. Back right
0: back.
1: Yeah, I, I already did my segue into the actual meat topic.
0: Got it.
1: Three? Thanks three. a lot though. Oh
0: you're welcome. We're gonna fucking interrupt you for anything else. Will anybody notice that? No, no, they're <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's great. You have to worry about it. Your next mission for your next podcast yeah. outing is to listen to a bunch of Matt Damon movies because you <laughs> do are I, Matt Damon I, voice <laughs> doppelganger, without
1: question. Matt
2: Damon. <laughs> really? I, do I sound like him? Okay. You, you're,
0: you have a very... Wow. Okay. That's, is that good or bad? That's good. Uh, okay. I, I didn't know. Like it's, I, I think with a little bit of sorry. a little bit of appropriate script writing,
2: you'd be yeah. a very interesting voice of artist. Because so. uh. on, on our podcast, I'm the kind of an idiot. I play that very well, too. So.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Play. Play. <laughs> <laughs>